The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I'm Clay Link here with RotoWire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. Great to be back with you, James. I know your great fantasy baseball invitational draft is still ongoing, creeping along, so I feel for you. But aside from that, how are you doing on this Wednesday? I'm doing good. I have. I'm all. I'm all slow draft out. I think. Yeah, me too. I've got I've still got like four going on, and I'm. I'm kind of over it. I'm ready, <laughs> ready yeah. for the games to start. Yeah, I um, I love slow drafts. Kind of earlier in the off season. Now I'm kind of too a- anxious and just want the drafts to, to wrap up. You and I are doing the main event in a few weeks. I'm excited for that. We're gonna have to talk about our KDS pretty soon. Um, you know how I feel. I'm kind of just a leave it be guy, but I'm I'm willing to to work with you on that and adjust things. Um, the AL West is going to be our topic of conversation today. Your article, 136 AL West Prospects You Need to Know, went up 
on March 3rd. And then the very, you know, that same week, I think it was March 7th, we got word that Forrest Whitley uh, recommended for Tommy John surgery. So he was the top-ranked prospect for you in that organization. Does that change now? How, how far does he fall, uh, Forrest Whitley, in that Astros org? Yeah, I, I moved him down to number 100 overall on the top 400, so he's second now behind Pedro Leon. Uh, tough, really tough guy to rank at this point. I am going to do a big update to the top 400, uh, hopefully before opening day. Not a big update, but an update to the top 400 before opening day, so might might move him further down. Uh, just by moving certain guys behind him that I, that I want to move ahead of him and, and stuff like that. But uh, really tough and uh, not a far from an ideal time to get this news because now we're probably talking about a mid-2022 return to game action because he hasn't even had the surgery yet. And you, know, you just got to assume like 14 months uh and then even then he'll just be kind of building up in the minors. I, I doubt that he would be much of a major league contributor next season. So uh, definitely pushes back his window. Um, I mean, I already had him, you know, I was still probably higher on him than, than most people, but I, I had kind of factored the elbow risk into the, where I had him ranked before. Uh, but now that we know that uh, TJ is happening, it definitely, decreases his value and I, I wouldn't dissuade anyone if, if they really just were kind of out on him at this point. Uh, there's just there's a ton of risk there, obviously. I still think that you know there aren't so many good prospects in baseball that he should be falling like well outside of like a top two hundred in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely not good, and definitely delays his uh, ETA by at least uh, a year and a half. Yeah, that's too bad. He, a top pitching prospect throughout his time, and that just comes with the territory, though. These injuries with with top pitching prospects. Uh, he actually wins. I guess it would be less than a week ago. Yeah, last Thursday in my twelve team beat Clay Link League. Force Willie actually went in that twelve team league, so that's. That hurts. I feel for for that manager who took him. I actually lost uh, Jonathan Hernandez one day after drafting. It's just how it is I, this time of year. I, I have Jonathan Hernandez and TGFBI as well, so that was probably about a about a day after that or day before that happened. Yeah. So I'm just I'm hoping my TGFBI wraps up before any other pitchers I drafted get hurt. <laughs> but at this rate, I'm not sure that'll happen. Yeah, that seems unlikely at this point. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, it always stings when you draft a guy, then immediately they, they get hurt. I um, That was tough news to swallow yesterday, but I did get to see Shane McClanahan pitch, and that made me feel a lot better right away because I got him in reserves, and McClanahan looks freaking awesome. So, yeah, tough break for the Astros, losing Forrest Whitley. They also lost Framber Valdez. They did bring in Jake Odorizzi. Do you see any other arms in this system who could play a role as their their depth is tested this year? Uh, well, we we know we know about a decent amount of them. I mean, we saw Luis Garcia debut last year. Uh, they, you know, they're not doing so bad on starting pitching depth, even with those uh, injuries, especially after signing Jake Odorizzi. But 
uh, outside of the obvious guys and Luis Garcia, who is their, their third best prospect. Uh, Tyler Ivy is a guy that, that could be in the mix sometime this summer. Um, Brett Conine is kind of an under the radar uh, pitchability guy with a, with a deep repertoire. Mo- most of the guys, most of the pitching prospects the Astros have eventually learned to throw in the upper 90s, but Conan's kind of more of a, a classic four pitch, uh, low 90s command type of guy. He could be up sometime this summer. Uh, Sean Dubin, maybe more of a multi inning reliever or something like that, but uh, you know, we could see him. I know that Brian Abreu still gets talked about in some circles as a potential starter. I, I don't buy that at all, but I think we we probably see Brian Abreu back in the majors at some point in the season as well. Very nice. And on the hitting side, Pedro Leon, who you mentioned, he leads things off. Uh, J2 signing just last year, uh, born in 98. Man, these guys born during the Monday Night Wars. I don't know if you know that what that is, James. Uh, WWF <laughs> versus WCW. Uh, but yeah, it's just amazing to see that. Uh, probably not going to see Pedro Leon competing for a for a spot uh, this year. Or am I am I wrong in assuming that? Well, he's just really tough to. I mean, I, I have no idea when we're going to see him. I mean, he's um, he turns twenty three in May, so like he from an age standpoint, I think it wouldn't be the craziest thing if we saw him in the majors this year. Uh, they surprisingly have been trying him at shortstop and obviously the team's going to pump up their guys, but you know, he's getting much better reviews for his defense at shortstop than like miles straw back when they tried straw in the infield. And yeah, I mean, Leon, I I like him. I, I I like from what little I've seen of him. I I like what I see, Uh, but I'm kind of guessing he, I think safe bet is he probably opens at double A and maybe spends half the season at triple A and then maybe debuts next year. But I, I wouldn't completely rule out a debut this season. And you mentioned Miles Straw, so I'd love to get your opinion on him. Not a prospect, of course. He's 26 and has played 98 games at the big league level, 224 plate appearances. You know, I, I kind of was reluctant not only to pencil him into center field, but also this talk about the, the batting leadoff for this team. But now it's looking like that may actually happen. Absolute dearth of power. But do you like the other skills enough to maybe give him some some attention, Miles Straw? Well, I've got him in pretty much every dynasty league I'm in. Hmm. Uh, But I, Miles Straw and like TJ Antone are two guys where like I have them in a bunch of dynasty leagues. And haven't really gotten a piece yet in redraft because the the price keeps creeping up there. Yeah, and I I like Straw a lot. I you know he's one of those guys where I was sort of a backup plan in the stolen base department uh, for me in drafts, but he always just seemed to get pushed up higher than where I was considering him. Uh, I don't think he's. <laughs> I know this is gonna seem like blasphemy to some uh but i i think he's not that dissimilar from nick madrigal i mean i, I think madrigal is obviously going to hit for a higher batting average but i think straw is gonna have a higher walk rate and uh similar speed on the bases if not i mean i think 
you know, if they were if they had the same amount of stolen base opportunities, I think Straw would easily outpace Madrigal and Steals. Uh, and I guess he probably has a better shot at, at leading off than, than Madrigal does. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're that dissimilar for fantasy value in uh, 2021, even though Madrigal obviously has a quite a bit higher floor. Yeah, you know, with that lack of power, it is kind of – you have to have the right build to, to welcome one of these guys onto your roster. But, I, you know, I heard Liss mention, you know, he's kind of like a Juan Pierre, like throwback. We don't really have these types anymore in the game. But, you know, if, if you have the right build, I think you can, can roster Miles Straw in a redraft. I haven't got him in redraft, but I do have him in the Staff Keeper League, the OG Staff Keeper League, where I came in dead last last year. Yikes! I got a got some work to do still on this roster, James. So uh, I got Acuna to anchor things at least. Luis Garcia, f- uh, third in this Astros organization. Jeremy Pena, fourth. Alex Santos, fifth. Richie Gonzalez, Colin Barber, Jairo Solis, Tyler Ivy, Hunter Brown. Anybody else you want to shout out here? This this organization, you know. I mean, I I trust them to to get a lot out of these guys, but a lot of prospects who may be on the verge and you know their, their name hasn't been made quite yet but uh, some guys in here are pretty intriguing yeah they've they've got a decent amount of depth but it's all pretty high risk depth uh i i like richie gonzalez as a potential breakout guy this year he was a j2 guy in 2019 we still haven't seen his pro debut but uh Big time power speed upside if it all comes together. So I'm, I'm pretty aggressive on where I've got him ranked. But uh, really, this is this is a system that that lacks much in the way of uh, high floor guys. It's it's really a lot of boomer bust types, and a lot of it kind of trends more towards the lower levels of the system. Nice. Now among the 136 ALS prospects, you need to know that you wrote up for your farm futures last week. Only 20 for the Angels, and uh, I do like the the very tip top of this system. And just to be clear, Joe Adele no longer technically prospect eligible because the prospect eligibility rules were were changed a little bit last year, right? Like there was. Yeah, I I know that you you'll see certain publications don't follow the strict letter of the law with uh, days on the active roster. Uh, I'm all in favor of just graduating guys as soon as I can. So I, I follow that MLB, MLB.com follows that. I mean, I think they probably should sort of be not the standard necessarily for how they rank guys, but maybe the standard for just which guys are eligible. And so for me, Adele is no longer eligible. He still would be first in this system, uh, would still be a top 15 overall prospect for me, but uh, yeah, happy, happy to really not have to worry about where he where he should slot anymore. And Brandon Marsh, the top prospect here, he's been dealing with an arm injury, but he uh, was a reserve in today's game, so it looks like he's not too far off. I think you know, I kind of got on the the Brandon Marsh hype train after we had Ralph Lifshitz on our XM show, mostly in those draft and hold leagues, and mostly because. You know, Ralph was raving about his defense, said he's maybe the best defensive outfielder in that system now. And I just thought, you know, maybe you grab him because Justin Upton, who knows how long he'll be healthy, Dexter Fowler, who knows, and Joe Adele didn't quite look ready. So, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking Brandon Marsh in, in a league like that is, is a decent stash, but um, not quite eyeing him up in 
I don't know. Actually, he did go in AL labor. I think Steve Gardner took him in the very last round, and I kind of was regretting not grabbing him. Do you see him playing a, a sizable role for this Angels team this year? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I think he probably debuts this year. Uh, he's more of kind of like a June-July type of guy for me, so more of definitely like AL only, uh, draft and holds. Um, not someone I think you should be stashing in mixed leagues, really. But, it, I mean, he could be a, a big fab guy in season if he's really producing at AAA and there seems to be a spot for him to get everyday playing time. Uh, but not a, not really on my redraft radar right now. Yeah, I could definitely see him being a big fab pickup, a, a trendy guy who everybody's spending big on some, some weekend whenever he debuts. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, the number two ranked prospect in this organization for you, right-handed pitcher. This team's always looking for for arms to help them out this year. They're going to be going with six, I believe, to start. And you know, most major league teams need eight to ten to get through a, a season. Anyway, this season's going to be unlike any other. Probably add like three starters to that. So is Chris Rodriguez in the mix? And what do you like to? What do you like in particular about his skill set? Uh, ceiling. I mean, he's got ceiling that's absolutely through the roof. Uh, could have like three or four plus pitches, and he's touching 98 with the fastball. Uh, good command. It's it's really been all about durability with him, but he reportedly totaled around 70 innings last year between the alt site and uh, instructs, so you know, 70 innings last year, he could probably get maybe a little bit over a hundred this year. And I expect them to kind of manage him, uh, with an eye on him being an, an option in the majors at some point this year, he is on the 40 man already. Um, which is, you know, kind of speaks to how, uh, much he's struggled to stay on the field. The, the fact that we just don't have that much to, to work with in terms of official game performance from him. But, um, uh, Big time upside, really, really through the roof upside, high risk. I mean, incredibly high risk, but this Angels team is just constantly in win now mode. And so, I mean, I think you could certainly argue after Dylan Bundy and Shohei Otani that he's probably got the the best, the third best uh, pure stuff in the organization. And so I, I think when you factor that in, we probably see him in the majors this year if he stays healthy. It, you know, maybe he breaks in out of the bullpen for them, and maybe like a multi-inning role or something. And then he's kind of a, a rotation staple next year. But uh, I think a guy that is criminally underrated uh, in some places, and someone that in shallower dynasty leagues might actually still be out there. Um, so just a guy to go check on your waiver wire if you're in a shallow league. Nice. And we mentioned that we both kind of like Brandon Marsh as a draft and hold draft champions type of target. Sounds like you're also eyeing up maybe David Calabrese, Denzer Guzman uh, in a league like that. Do you think those guys are, are pretty close? Nope. Um, th- those are first-year oh, first player year. drafts. I'm sorry, James. I, was, I misread that. Uh, first-year player drafts. So those starting up with their dynasty leagues should, should be eyeing those guys up. Yeah. Uh, Calabrese is – one of my favorites uh, from last year's draft class, just in terms of a under the radar guy, a guy that you can get late. And Guzman, like Calabrese, is just sort of a classic uh, leadoff, big time speed, 
uh, nice hit tool, more power than you might expect given the frame. I've kind of compared him to sort of uh, Corbin Carroll light, and I think that's sort of borne out in just sort of where those guys got drafted. Uh, but he's a guy from Canada who uh, didn't get scouted that heavily and I think could really break out. Uh, Denzer Guzman's kind of like the exact opposite, big-time power-hitting third baseman. Uh, already has just massive all-fields raw power. Going to have to watch his body in the coming years, but uh, both guys that I think you can get pretty late in first-year player drafts if those are still going on. Nice. Now in Oakland, A.J. Puck's still prospect eligible. How is Adele not? Well, I guess Puck's only appeared in 10 games in the majors. It's kind of a you know, not quite a Randy or Rosa Reina situation where we have this huge body of work on a guy, but um, – Puck, I imagine, is one of those guys who you you hope is graduating soon, so you don't have to keep ranking him. Please just stay healthy long enough to graduate, AJ Puck. Not holding my breath to figure out what he's going to be, but I mean, still a lot to get excited about with Puck. I think it's going to be kind of almost. I think it's going to be kind of like what the Cardinals are doing with Alex Reyes, where they're just going to try to just keep him upright, keep him healthy, keep him throwing all season in some capacity. And then next year he could maybe be a, a full-time member of the rotation, but uh, really, really high upside with puck. Obviously um, I've, I've never thought that the stuff or the command was going to necessitate a move to the bullpen, but you have to worry about the durability issues at this point, possibly forcing that move. But even then, if he can just stay healthy, like he could just be absolutely lights out in a relief role. So uh, multiple avenues to value long-term with Puck if he can stay healthy. But I've probably said if he can stay healthy like five times already when talking about him. So yeah, very we'll, risky. We'll see. Uh, before we move on, a quick word from our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy baseball is here, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right, draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's Best Ball Leagues are drafting right now starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has daily fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go down the go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store Enter promo code Rotowire. Best ball is pretty fun. Um, I, I suck at it though. I I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just winging it in this uh, Raz Raz Slam league. We'll see. But I I'm just completely out of my element, James. I'm a Roto guy, and uh, yeah, I'm out, out of my element in, in best ball. But it is fun in this athletic system. Tyler Soderstrom, the second race ranked prospect. Then Dalton Jeffries. I'm kind of hearing some. You know, I got my ear to the ground, James, of course, and I'm hearing some buzz about Dalton Jeffries. <laughs> I saw that face you made. Uh, Dalton Jeffries, what can you tell us about him, and what, what role do you expect Dalton Jeffries to play at the big league level this season? 
Uh, rotation depth, and I think he probably gets a, a shot at some point. He maybe you know maybe sooner than later. We'll see uh, how everyone holds up over these next couple of weeks. But uh, big time command guy and fastball changeup, uh, potentially plus changeup fastball. You know, it's it doesn't have uh, crazy velocity, but low to mid nineties. I think I saw maybe he was touching ninety six uh, in an outing earlier this spring. Uh, I, I think with him, durability has been a big issue as well, like with Puck, but less recent injury history than Puck and uh, kind of a, a no doubt starter if he can stay healthy. Like the the command, I mean, it's 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 definitely there and. Uh, knows how to pitch. I think they just they want to try to build him up this year and and get him as many innings as they can. And uh, I hope that's in the rotation, but we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. He could be a guy that you know that there's not going to be a Fabapalooza going on for Dalton Jeffries, but I think in 15 team leagues there could be a, a window early this season where if he's going to join that rotation, he, he'd be a pretty sneaky ass. Very nice. And then Robert Poisson's a name a lot of prospectors are familiar with. Only 18 years old and still not doesn't have a single at-bat in pro ball. Uh, looks the part, tools off the charts, but do you see him putting it together? What, what odds would you place on Poisson reaching something close to his ceiling? Uh, I, I would bet against it. <laughs> If I if I thought he could reach his ceiling, he'd be ranked probably in the top forty. <laughs> like he's got an incredibly high ceiling. Uh, I just I haven't seen. You know, obviously, we like you said, he hasn't played in the game yet, and you know he, he'll look good if he's just hitting BP. Uh, he'll look good if he's fielding grounders and stuff like that. But I, I haven't seen like a single report on him that suggests that his hit tool is advanced in in any regard like i think he would struggle pretty significantly in the azl this year so one of those guys where the the tools are off the charts he looks the part for sure but uh you know i could see i could see people's opinion of him kind of shifting down uh in his debut season this year Luis Barrera, you mentioned, is maybe a candidate to see some time this year. He has some experience at Double A, uh, parts of two seasons at Double A. He's got some speed too, so um, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Maybe not, you know, to start. He's not really on the draft radar, but uh, speed and he's he's hitting well so far this spring, which is always great to see. Um, Luis Barrera, where does he kind of fall on your your top four hundred? Um, I think he's. I think he's like on the edge of the top 200, but I like him. Like I definitely like him and I like him for draft and holds, especially late and probably better in batting average leagues than OBP leagues. But I mean, he's probably the the fourth best outfielder they have in the org right now behind Canha, Loriano and Piscotti. And I mean, I could see him getting playing time if, if one of those guys goes down. Um, I mean, he might even be a better option than Piscotti at some point this year. He's a he's a good defender. You alluded to the speed. I mean, that's that's kind of the big selling point there. I mean, he he's not going to be a twenty homer hitter this year. Uh, probably not next year either. But I mean, he, he'll hit a few out and then yeah, 
at least plus speed. So uh, the stolen bases and the avenue to playing time are kind of the big selling points with Barrera. Nice. Anybody else you want to shout out or anything else you want to mention with this athletics team in this organization well, before we move on? I was pumped that they took Kai Tom in the Rule 5 draft. I thought he should have gotten selected in last year's Rule 5 draft. Uh, he did not, but the, the A's took him this year. I know he's dealing with an oblique injury right now. Uh, I hope that that doesn't negatively impact him making the team and, and getting returned to Cleveland. Uh, but just a guy that I've kind of always thought was a little underrated. I thought team rebuilding team should have taken a, a shot on him in, in a rule five draft a, a couple of years ago. So uh, good defender, not, you know, doesn't have loud tools. He's, he doesn't have big power, doesn't have huge speed, but can defend all three positions. I think he might hit just enough to, to be kind of a low end big league regular. Very nice. Well, we'll move on to the Seattle Mariners now. Julio Rodriguez, your number one ranked prospect in this organization, tools off the charts, he speaks good English as well, and uh, like Julio Rodriguez. But Jared Kelnick, we've talked a lot about him, and James, I added yet another piece of Jared Kelnick in this fantasy season in AL Labor, spent 10 on him. I, I have flashbacks to Colton the Wolfman grabbing Bo Bichette, and I think it was Glaber Torres in reserves. And winning back-to-back years, and I just can't let that happen again. And I'm convinced that these guys are worth the weight in a, in a league-only format and should not go in the reserves. I think they should go in the salary cap auction portion of it. Um, do you think I overspent at $10 on Kelnick in an ale only? Um, maybe. I mean, I, I think yeah. – I, would have, I admit I guess, that that may be an overspend too. I'm I would have hoped you wouldn't have had to go to ten, right? Like I, I think I totally agree with you. I'm obviously not a reserve round pick. I mean, he's going like top two fifty in mixing, yeah, yeah. so obviously not a reserve round guy. But uh, the, this knee injury is—it's a little concerning. I know that we've got a note up saying that he could return uh, next week. I don't know. I you know it's it's one of those the injuries where I just, I don't think the news we're getting from the team matches kind of what I would expect a timetable to be. So, uh, could be a guy that, you know, I, I don't think he's breaking camp on the opening day roster anymore because of this knee injury. He might not have anyways, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think now you're kind of hoping that he's ready to go in, in early May, but, uh, I don't. I don't think you're going to see him in the majors in early April, at least. Maybe, maybe they are willing to to bring him up before the minor league season even starts in mid to late April. But uh, I definitely am a little bit worried about this knee injury. Same. I hope he's able to get back on the field soon and just you know continue to to make his case because he's obviously a very talented player. Uh, just the replacement level in an AL only is so so limited and so low. I'm going to probably have to be starting a guy like, no pun intended, but Jordan Luplo. Um, in place I'd, of I'm, I'd be fine starting Jordan Luplo. I mean, in an AL only? I think he's, he's going right to. But yeah. he's going to crush lefties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's not going to kill your batting average because he's only going to play against lefties. Yeah, I did get. Um, Wander Franco, too, in that AL-only labor draft. And I have a better replacement for him, Hanser Alberto, I feel a little bit better about. But you not being so down on Luplo actually makes me feel a little bit 
a little bit better about it. Uh, but by the, because I filled a first base with Vlad Guerrero Jr., then cor, uh, corner with Luke Voice, and, and UT with J.D. Martinez, I couldn't push Eno Saris on Andrew Vaughn. So yeah. he got him for eight, which I think, you know, compared to Kelnick at 10, Eno might have uh, might have gotten the better, the better of the two. Well, I – I would definitely bet that Vaughn makes his big league debut ahead of Kalnick. And mm. I think Kalnick has the higher Roto ceiling, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to not get excited about Vaughn in that lineup. Yeah. He, um, he got another prospect too. I forget who it was, but I thought he, you know, did a very good job. He was coming up just $1 short on like 20, 20 straight players. And the guys on the radio were ripping him, but he was diligent and pushing pushing guys and not really price enforcing, but just you know, he was pushing guys to what he felt and then he was had the discipline to back off, so I respected it. Noel V. Marte, number three in this organization. Um is he kind of a an obvious third here, or is the gap between him and Julio and Kelnick not not all that great? Oh, definitely obvious third. Uh prob- I mean Marte probably closer to the the pitchers behind him than the hitters ahead of him even even though maybe in the rankings he might be technically closer to Kalnick than he is George Kirby it's it's probably about the same but uh, you know that top like seven eight nine guys on the top 400 are, are very clear notch or two above guys like Marte Marte could definitely get there he's just less proven uh, you know, he's going to be making his full season debut this year and he could be one of those guys. who's a top five prospect in like a year. Uh, he could really just, he could blow up this year. He could, you know, I think expectations are maybe a little unfairly high on him uh, just because of how much time we've had to sort of hype him up. Um, you know, the power and speed you can definitely dream on, um, big time production there at, at shortstop or third base, but uh, we just, we haven't really seen it against upper level pitching. And so I, I think the, those top two outfielders are incredibly safe with incredibly high ceilings. Whereas Marte's got the high ceiling, but does not have that same level of safety. Two pitchers in this Mariners organization that you think could uh, contribute this year, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, Gilbert seems to be catching some buzz, and he hasn't really been on my redraft radar. Uh, before strikeouts over two innings in his uh, debut, Cactus League debut Sunday, I saw Shelley Verstreet took him in the, the Tout Wars draft last night, and I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, just as a flyer, do you see yourself doing that in a, in a standard redraft league? Uh, I'm going to pull up the the board to the Tout Wars draft and hold quick. Uh, he was, I don't know when exactly you're going to post this pod, but um, he was going to be a guy that I was going to take with my next pick if he was still there. Uh, Maybe I could delay but he, a little bit. I mean, I think, <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's basically going to spend the entire year in the majors like i i you know the innings aren't gonna like he's not gonna throw 150 innings but uh like he's basically what he did at the alternate site last year 
you know, what he's doing in spring training, he's kind of established that he's one of their three or four best starting pitchers already. So, uh, I don't think you, you mess around with him. Like, I, I think you just kind of get him in the majors. Um, oh man. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Breaking news? um, no, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening in this draft <laughs> and I, uh, Hmm. Is Damn, that one going even slower than TGFBI? No, the, the funny thing is, uh, Tout Wars Draft and Hold uh, started on the same day as TGFBI, and I, I, I'm, you know, a little bit um, being sarcastic, but I mean, it might finish before TGFBI, even though it's a 50 round <laughs> draft and hold. Uh, so I, Ouch. I'm, I'm picking up the turn. I've got three people uh, yet to pick, um, and so I get two picks and Gilbert will definitely be one of my picks. If he's still there, uh, we'll see. I I've actually got a ton of starting pitching in this league, but I, and I passed over him last time around because of that, but I just don't, I don't think I can let him fall any further. We're at pick three eighty seven right now, 50 round draft and hole. I think that's a, a great time to pop him. I'm kind of bummed. Uh, Brad Johnson took Trevor Rogers of the Marlins who had uh, definitely a target. Um, I know you've been kind of leading that, that train and i saw a tweet from uh our buddy craig mish that really got me excited about trevor rogers the other day well i was i was trying to lead the train but then uh um ray butler over at prospects 365 really kind of took a hold of the uh lead car in that train a few days ago um i mean if you're not out there if you're not really kind of aggressive about leading these bandwagons during March, you're just, you're not going to be able to lead any of them. So, um, I mean, that's, that's fine. Uh, Roger is actually kind of another guy like Antone and Miles Straw, where I just have him in, in a bunch of dynasty leagues and, and barely any redraft leagues just because it's, you know, people are always kind of looking for that, that next big thing. And in, in the, you know, around pick 300, pick 320. So if you want those guys, you usually got to pop them. And I, I've been taking Cal Quantrill over him in every league. So, I do. I, I'm not missing out on Cal Quantrill in redraft, but I, I have been missing out on Rogers and Anton. Yeah, I mentioned Shelley's draft in that top where she got like all the pitching, starting pitching targets. I love like the Flyers, like Kikuchi, Anton, Trevor Rogers, mm. and Logan Gilbert. I thought that was brilliant because yeah, I, I love to get a couple of those guys. Rarely end up with all of them. Uh, where did Anton go, James, in your top wars draft and hold? You can do a quick control uh, F, command F, whatever. Yeah, I, I will be able to do a quick control F on that. Um, so he went pick 295. Yeah, I got him inside my top 200 now. I'm getting carried away, admittedly. But, <laughs> I mean, geez, that guy looks amazing. And maybe he's just in the bullpen to start. But if he gives you like 100, 110 really good innings – and just choose up a active spot, you just leave him be. I mean, that's he could be really valuable. This was the Craig Mish tweet, by the way, at Craig Mish on Twitter. It is entirely possible Trevor Rogers is as good as anyone in the Marlins rotation, which is pretty scary. A year ago, I'm not sure anyone, including the Marlins, would have had him in their top 10. Top 10 pitchers, by the way, a huge jump for him. So so Mish is um, is pumping, pumping him up, and I, I see it. That Marlins rotation could be pretty awesome, and um, yeah, try well, to get why, try to get some of those is, high upside starters. 
This is why you got to do those draft and holds back in uh, October, November. Um, that's where I do have I do have Antone in both the draft and holds I did then. I have Rogers in both the draft and holds I did then. So that's like the one advantage to doing those then is you get all the buzzy guys before they're buzzy. But now I'm, I mean, I'm still getting Kikuchi, still getting Quantrill, but now I'm taking guys like Adam Wainwright and just stuff like that because I just, you know, I, I just can't I can't pay that that top dollar on some of these guys rogers i'm definitely bummed that i don't have more of him but i mean i'm i'm glad that you at least know you're getting carried away on anton uh, <laughs> oh, i'm still, well aware of it <laughs> um, i still think we can uh make a make a run at him in maine but um yeah i'm yeah, gonna probably he, have to get as insistent on that but that's he's he's looked pretty good he's he has and we'll see i i did see that I think it was Mark Sheldon of MLB.com that said that from what he's hearing, Anton's more likely to end up in the bullpen, which is super annoying. Why, why do you want to bring in that guy when you're down five instead of just, you know, instead of right from well, the that, start, give your chance I mean, a better chance to win? How do you crack that rotation, though? I mean, that's that's a stack, that's a stack rotation. Yeah, Lorenzen's, like, purposefully backing off his velo. Okay. He looked brutal the other day. By the way, Josh Rojas, I was watching that game where he went yard twice. That guy is – I remember saying, like, when I was doing the pod with Todd, maybe I'll take him with my last pick in TGFBI. I actually didn't, but I think Josh Rojas is definitely, like, a mixed league bench bench option at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he looked – I mean, I think he crushed one I off. Think- well, Lorenzen looked like crap, but he had two homers in that game and just looked looked really good. I think Rojas is already kind of getting overdrafted over these last couple of days, just based off of, based off of spring training. Yeah, like we I all really, we all know that we shouldn't do this. But I can't. We all I can't stress to... enough. Like you should. Everyone that's listening to this should avoid all the spring training stats you possibly can, and all the spring training videos you possibly can, unless it's unless it's like an injured player who you just want to see. You know, like I, you obviously want to see like what a guy like Xander Bogarts is looking like. Is is he hitting for power and stuff like that? But on anyone that's just healthy and you didn't have any concerns about like where they were at health wise, if if you can avoid all the spring information you possibly can, you'll be better off. Yeah, I'm trying to put the earmuffs on with like Joey Gallo. Like I drafted him once, only because I had a huge like batting average base. But that's just not a guy that I I wanted on my teams coming in. I'm trying not to overreact to five homers already. Whatever it is, we know we can hunt a fastball. <laughs> like that's probably what all pitchers are throwing him right now as they kind of ease into things. But anyway, good start for him. Uh, real quick note before we wrap things up here: Auto New Fantasy Baseball is the next level fantasy baseball challenge you've been looking for. Experience a year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters, accumulate prospects to lead your team in the future, or to move for a superstar at the trade deadline. Keep your baseball mind engaged in the off season. With trades and arbitration, learn more about why everyone who plays Auto New becomes addicted at autonewbaseball.com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U baseball.com. Auto New, better fantasy baseball. Uh, sticking with this Mariners organization, James, uh, Emerson Hancock, your sixth-ranked prospect here, Jonathan Klasse, then Taylor Trammell, he's kind of lost some shine, but he's off to a great start this spring and uh, could be in the mix, actually, to to break camp. And I think that would kind of give them some cover in light of this whole Jared Kelnick thing. I think it was maybe Matt Thompson who suggested something like that, uh, where it just wouldn't look so bad if they 
you know, started with Trammell because he was like, oh, we're not worried about service time. Uh, not the prospect that Jared Kelnick is, but are you maybe seeing some some light here with Taylor Trammell? I mean, I don't think anything has changed for me in terms of what I think about him based on what he's doing this spring. I think that uh, Jake I still wasn't – I wasn't completely off of the Jake Fraley train, so I was hoping that he would at least get a month's worth of at-bats just to give him one last shot because pretty soon he's just going to be completely passed over with, with the, the big names they have at outfield. Um, so I just I wanted to see Fraley get you know another 100 plate appearances or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if, if Jamel gets up there, I mean, he's, he's just not the type of prospect you really have to play service time game games with because he's uh like a left fielder basically who i don't know he, he could be he could be solid in fantasy because of the speed but i i don't i don't think he's a game-changing player by any means anybody else in this mariners organization you want to mention uh no i think we can move on nice well the rangers we just heard are going to be at full capacity for opening day covid pumps its fist um, and I think that your brewers are, are going to be down there, so that's a little scary. I uh, hope everybody's safe down there in that, that Costco warehouse that is Globe Life Field. But let's talk about this organization. Josh Jung, top third base prospect here. Um, you have him yeah. among the players we could see in 2021. Yeah, Josh Jung, uh, big time uh, riser up my rankings based on – what happened uh, in this past summer at the alternate training site? He had a you know plus hit tool type of guy when they drafted him in the first round in 2019, but had started tapping into power, and that that was kind of a big development with him because it, it seemed like he might have been kind of like a 20 homer guy uh, when they drafted him, but now he's kind of profiling more as a potential like number three hitter and you just look at that organizational depth chart i mean they're just it's it's basically young gallo Tavares. like those are the only guys who i just don't think you have to really worry about their long-term playing time and i mean they're, they're probably going to trade gallo before he hits free agency anyway so it's, it's basically young and Tavares uh that they're building around at this point i mean they just don't have much else in the way of quality position players. So uh, I think they're going to start Young's clock, you know, whenever they think he's ready. This It could, could even be in the first half. So, I mean, I, I, did he go in AL labor? I don't think he did, actually. I, I, thought, I thought I maybe saw him on Brett Sayers. Uh, Brett probably play. did draft him, yeah. I, um, yeah, I should have probably, I don't know, I, I like McClanahan, but maybe I should have taken Young over, like, Abraham Toro, because I actually needed a, th- a third base option. But when you already have Kelnick and Franco, I was I had to tell myself because <laughs> somebody like put Rutschman out for a buck. I was like, no, you're not going to. You can't take another guy and, yeah. and w- play the waiting game. Uh, Leody Tavares, you kind of talked me into him earlier this off season. Um, we have him penciled in as a starter in center field. It looks like that that will be the case for Leody Tavares. And you made the case that this is not like a bat knocked out of your hands type of Malik Smith speedster. This guy can actually hit a little bit. Well, it's partly that, but he's also just 
projects to be a really good defensive center field there long term. And like I think like you have like people underrate defense so much in fantasy and it really matters for these speed guys. And like Malik Smith is a great example. Danny Santana is a great example of guys where they had speed, but they weren't good defenders. In fact, they were well below average defenders. And so when you're not putting up high OBPs and you're a below average defender, you're just you're kind of a replacement level player. So you can't count on those guys to hold the job all season. I'm, I'm actually kind of almost more concerned about Nick Solak's playing time than I am Tavares for that for that exact reason. Like he is a bad defender no matter where you put him. And they have a ton of bad defenders on this roster. So, you know, which whichever one of these bad defenders aren't hitting, they're going to lose playing time. And Tavares has the luxury of like, I think he can go through like a three or four week slump at the dish and keep the job because he's by far their best center fielder. And he's a long-term building block because of that two-way potential. Whereas, like Solak, if he hits, he'll he'll stay in the lineup for sure. But uh, you can't play a below-average defender at second base who's who's slumping. Really, I mean, maybe you can if you're the Rangers, just because you don't have any other options. But um, that's what kind of gives me confidence in Tavares' playing time. I'm not super confident that he's going to be. Uh, that he's not going to be a batting average drain. Like, I mean, he, he could definitely hit like 235 or something. Uh, but I, I think, you know, there's definitely going to be speed as long as he's, as long as he's playing. I, I'm not sure how much of that power breakout last year was legit, but he hit for way more power than I was expecting. And, and in fact, I think it was his highest ISO at any level as a pro. So that, that was really encouraging for a guy who was debuting a little bit ahead of schedule last year. Nice, and I agree totally with you that defense is underrated in fantasy. We say, oh, defense doesn't count, but playing time drives fantasy value. You have to have the playing time, and you have to be on the field, and you know, especially in, in the National League with no DH right now anyway, you have to be able to play some defense or just hit the, the crap out of the ball. And So, yeah, Leody being such a good center fielder is um, such a good defender out there does help his case. Are they really going to start with Root Neto Door at third? I mean, can't we just can't we just throw in the towel here, folks? I'm, I almost wonder if Odor is going to be somehow good this year, hmm. just just based on it. Like, I don't know. I just kind of have this weird feeling that now that he's been demoted, like they moved him off of second base, they basically told him like you're on your last legs uh, with this club. Like I wonder if that's going to light a fire under him, um, because I mean he's he theoretically should still be like right in the middle of his prime. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's not an old guy at all. So twenty-seven. I, I have I don't have Odor anywhere, but I, you know, I think where he's going in drafts, I don't think it's a terrible gamble to to go after him because we we it's it was only a few years ago where he was really productive. Yeah, I was just looking at this depth chart trying to see like uh, maybe. You know who's going to be the uh, the guy biding time for them at third while before Young comes up. I was thinking maybe they bring in uh, Michael Franco. Um, hopefully he lands with an AL team after I got him. I had to get creative at third base, James, after I missed on a like Jamer Candelario. So I figured, hell, Michael Franco's got a fifty fifty shot to land in the AL. Let's throw him <laughs> out for a buck and see what happens. Um, that would be a huge break for me if he lands with the O's. Uh, oh man! I mean, that would, Pulling be, for just, you. That would be a game changer for me. Uh, that tells you a little bit about my team. It's uh, it's a little thin, <laughs> thin on offense anyway. Uh, James, 
back to the the Rangers here. Luis Angel Acuna, kind of like with Antone. Maybe I was getting a little too hyped uh, a few years back, but I mean, there's still a lot to like here with Luis Angel Acuna as your your ranking here indicates. But he just you have to make it clear that this is not the same player that his older brother is. Right. I mean, I think the the fact that he's related to Ronald Acuna is it's noteworthy. Like, I mean, the fact that he's related to arguably like top two or three player in the game, like that's you'd rather him be related to Ronald Acuna than like related to <laughs> Kyle Farmer know, or something. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Um, but he's uh, you know, Acuna is what, like six feet tall? Uh, I think uh, Luis Angel is probably like five seven, and so just right there, I mean, clearly not the same same type of explosive uh, run producer at any point really in his career that his big brother is. But he's got speed. He's he's a threat on the bases. He's got a good command of the strike zone. Um, you know, obviously baseball is in his blood i mean he, he's been around the game forever and i wouldn't recommend betting on too many guys his height making it but i think there's that he's shown enough so far where i i certainly wouldn't rule it out and i think you can hope on him maybe being a leadoff hitter or maybe a number two hitter someday if, if it all works out i think that's kind of the hope uh, with his you know, small strike zone he's gonna get and his, his ability to kind of work the count so uh, excited to see what he does in his full season debut, uh, but yeah, definitely not going to be uh, the number one player in fantasy ever. Yeah, that's a high bar set by his older brother, but yeah, still a, a, a good prospect in his own right, but you have to keep expectations in check a little bit. Maximo Acosta, your fourth-ranked player in this organization. Then Dane Dunning. Every now and then I see Dane Dunning go in a draft, and I'm like, really? But then I'd look at the numbers, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I can see it, I guess. He was kind of the centerpiece, I guess you could say, in the return for Lance Lynn. So I'd imagine they, they want to give him a look, see what they got. Uh, 397 ERA, 112 whip last year. Are you interested in Dane Dunning for this season? No. I think he, to me, he's like a streamer, even in like a 15 team league, and he's getting drafted, obviously, ahead of that. I think the White Sox, it was really sharp of them to kind of sell high on him. I uh, like that trade for them a lot. And it's a good ballpark uh, in Texas, but, I mean, it's a it's a pretty bad defense behind him. And you're not going to get a ton of run support. I mean, it's one of the worst teams in the league. So uh, I think he was pitching – like he, he probably doesn't have a plus pitch. I mean, he might not even have more than one, like, 55-grade pitch. So I – I just kind of view him as sort of a number four, number five starter on a bad team with a bad defense. So definitely want to pick your spots with him. I hear you. Then a little ways down the list to Marcus Evans. You mentioned that we both kind of like Jonathan Hernandez, and I think a large part of that was not only Hernandez's skills, but we don't really believe in Jose LeClerc. Uh, DeMarcus Evans, bullpen all the way, but he's got the stuff to be in that mix down the road. Uh, don't you think? I mean, he could be a closer to Marcus Evans. Well, yeah, I mean, I, they've been kind of grooming him, I think, as the closer of the future there. Um, I'm just going to pull up uh, what he did in the minors, but he 
he's uh like he's gigantic. Uh, I think I, I sat in the same section as he, he was charting pitches in the AFL a year or two ago, and uh, I mean he, he looks more like a football player than a baseball player, but uh, really really heavy fastball. Um, yeah, I mean he he was saving games at in 2018, 2019 in the minors, uh, huge strikeout rates, really good at preventing runs. I mean, I, I definitely think that, uh, if it's not going to be Hernandez, I think Evans is probably the most likely, uh, closer of the future for, for Texas. So certainly a draft and hold guy, uh, you know, I, he, he probably, isn't going to break camp with that job. I, I think that's something where he'd probably have to earn it in season, but that bullpen is, is not good. So I think he could, he could potentially earn that job sometime this summer. Yeah. Only four innings in his debut, but an O swing rate North of 40% just speaks to the, the ability to, to get hitters the chase and, and swing it, uh, get those empty swings. So that's, that's a uh, pretty nice. And I, I have that, I'll have a roster spot free in AL labor by putting Jonathan Hernandez on the IL. Maybe Demarcus Evans will be the uh, corresponding pickup for me. We'll see. He's, he's uh, he was dealing with a lat injury earlier this spring, um, so we'll see. I mean, I'd have to know he's on the active roster first before Adam, but he's definitely a guy to watch uh, in that that Texas bullpen. Anybody else you want to mention here as we wrap things up, James? Uh, I love. I love Ricky Venasco. Uh, was my favorite pitching prospect by a mile in the system uh, a year ago, but he had Tommy John surgery, and uh, it, you know I still think he could have a bright future. But I think he has to be added to the forty man after this season, and does not have much upper level experience at all. So that that really kind of puts a crunch on his his time clock there, which is which isn't great from a developmental standpoint. So that that's kind of a bummer, and then. Uh, Chris Cease is a shortstop who uh, Chris Welsh was was getting me really uh, hyped on a few years ago, but he's just had a really hard time staying healthy. Apparently, he looked really awesome in Instructs and was just super tooled up, and I, I could see him being a big riser this year if he's as advertised. Nice. Well, great stuff as always. I always learn Learn myself talking to you every week, James. You know, I was thinking oh. it's been. Oh, go ahead. I I can update you that I will in fact be taking Logan Gilbert here, nice. and uh, I'll get I'll get Logan Gilbert, and I'll get Victor Caratini here. So a couple live picks on the exciting uh, Caratini pick. Uh, but you know that's cool. <laughs> you got Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say though, it's been like nine months since we wrapped up that. Uh, hip hop draft. So we're gonna have to think of something new because I know there's a section of the uh, the listeners that that appreciate our our hip hop commentary, even though I am not qualified to speak on on such things. Uh, but maybe we can uh, get a new draft going here at the end of the show. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I think that's maybe more of a regular season thing once uh, once everything yeah. kind of slows down here for us in the preseason, but. Um, Always taking ideas on that, so I know that some of you have probably sent me multiple ideas, and we haven't done any of them yet. But uh, maybe, maybe the time will be right this time around. Yeah, man. I, I just, you know, I haven't been listening to much new stuff, but I still think it's fun to 
just throw that in the mix at the end of these shows. So we'll maybe get a new uh, hip-hop draft going. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again, James. And we will be back on Farm Friday on XM on on Friday and then uh, back here next week. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.